Good morning. <clears throat> I first want to continue on and, and just pray for God's word to speak to us this morning. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we, we give you thanks for all that you do in and through your church, God. And we thank you for the mission to Guatemala and the work you've done over the years. And we pray that your spirit will work in and through and beyond us as a church. And even in this message, for the good of everyone here and for your glory, for you to be magnified above all things. Speak now, O oh God, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Please open with me to Romans 15, 20 through 21. This morning I'm going to share one of the focal points of our devotions down in Guatemala, and it should be an encouragement to us as well. Also, I want to give credit to John Piper who inspired many of these ideas. And, and so here in Romans 15, 20 through 21, Paul is talking about a holy ambition that God has given him to serve God and serve others. So please follow along as I read Romans 15, 20 through 21. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. You may have heard the phrase, a person who is a jack of all trades is an expert in none. A person who is a jack of all trades is an expert in none. Even though you don't see this specifically in the Bible, there is some truth to it. Because you don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord in the world today. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to lay down your life for them. People that make a difference in the world, most people, are not people who have mastered a lot of things. They are people who have been mastered by a very few things that are very, very great. If you want your life to count, you don't have to be smart, and you don't have to have good looks. You don't have to be from a good family or from a good school. You just have to know a few basic, understandable, simple, majestic, unchangeable, eternal things and be gripped by them and be willing to lay down your life for them, which is by why anybody here can make a worldwide difference, because it isn't you, it's what you're gripped with. Rick and his wife, Chris, with their son, Grant, were gripped with a holy ambition from the Lord. Their plan was audacious, and preparation for it was thorough as anyone could undertake. And as they prepared for uncharted waters and taking the good news of Jesus Christ to the unreached land of Bangladesh, their desire was to pursue Christ in his service in a sustainable way in Bangladesh and to reach, reach souls and reach and save souls to Christ for his glory. And, and, and so the question was how to go there. How were, to, were they to go there? Well, the answer for them was coffee roasting. Rick was a skilled barista in the craft of coffee roasting where he, he worked at Starbucks behind the counter and worked his way up in management and then learned how to roast coffee in another coffee shop. For Rick, career advancement was all about kingdom advancement. It wasn't about getting the next promotion or working up the corporate ladder for him. It was about advancing Christ's kingdom with the skills and abilities that God has blessed him with. 
And so, and, and to turn that into a holy ambition to reach people with the good news of Jesus Christ wherever God would lead him and his wife Chris and his son. And so, Rick and Chris were gripped not with the art of coffee roasting, rather they were gripped with one idea, to make Jesus Christ known among the poor and the sick in one of the hardest and most unreached places. And God made fruitful this, this holy ambition for, for them and for his glory and for people to come to Christ and be saved from an eternal torment. And, that, and so in order for us to be gripped with a holy ambition, we must first be gripped by God. And so how are we gripped by God? That's the question we need to ask. Well, God gets a hold of us in a sense that despite our failures throughout life and, and how we push God to the side in some of our decisions in life, that by His Spirit, He gets a hold of our heart and our mind and to make it into a heart and a mind like His. And so He moves in situations in our lives and embeds truth by the listening and the reading of His Word. And He takes hold of our lives where by grace alone that He's given us and through a a faith of a gift, a gift of faith alone in His Son Jesus Christ alone, we become His children. It's a transformation, and, and, and we are left to love God and to love others, and that gives us a true and eternal purpose for living. One of the wonders of God's grace is that when He grips us to be His, He also gives us a new purpose, a new and eternal and true purpose, called, and it, and it can be called a holy ambition. So we must be gripped not only by God, but we must be gripped also with a holy ambition from God. Paul was gripped with a holy ambition from God. This was something he really, really, really wanted to do for the Lord. And he trusted God to be, for it to be worked out in and through him and beyond him. And so for some of us, fear has crept in the way of pursuing a holy ambition from the Lord as to what we are called to do with our lives. It could be a fear of dealing with our past, thinking back and look at all the things that I've been through, or look at the things that have happened to me, or look at the mistakes I've made. How could God use me for His service? We could have a fear of that. We could have a fear in the now where we're facing a hopeless situation and questioning whether God could use us in His work and His kingdom advancement. Or we could have a fear of what the future holds, that we may have our own plans and and, and we can't see exactly what God is going to do with our lives in the future. Regardless, we can still trust God to work out His plans in and through and beyond us by giving us a holy ambition for Him to be known to others. So what is a holy ambition exactly? When the, for the word ambition, it can be thought of as, a, as being controlled by a longing. A longing that where Paul talks about in verse 23, he says, And since I have longed for many years to come to you, Paul longed to go to Rome, to share the gospel with people who have never heard of Christ, with the Romans. He desired to go to Rome so that they would know Christ and be saved, that Jesus was the only, is the only way to heaven, and to, to share Christ with them. He desired to do that. And so when you long for, for years and don't, do, and, and, and don't do something that you desire to do for the Lord, then something must be controlling you on the contrary. It may be, it may be our fears controlling us. But Paul would not cease from his ambition to preach Christ where he's not been named, where Christ has never been named, but 
There is no church. There is no word of God. Christ is not worship. That people are on their way to hell and that Christ is the only way to heaven. That he had a desire to do this, to, to go and preach. He had a holy ambition to, do, to bring Christ where he has not been named. And he knew it was God's grace, not himself. It was a dependent on God and his grace toward him that would see it through. And Paul trusted God and rested in that, despite all the difficulties that he encountered in his life. So it is called holy because its goal is holy. The desire to please God with your skills and your abilities and your passions, and and that he has graciously given to you. And so we were all created for a purpose. We were all created for a purpose, a holy ambition to serve God. And it is a beautiful and good thing to be gripped by a holy ambition from the Lord. So do you have a holy ambition? Do you have one? We need to understand that not everybody should have Paul's ambition. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8, it talks about how one plants another waters. And Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Also, it talks, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, he says, I wish that all were as myself am. But each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another. Each of us have our own gifts from God to serve God for his glory and for an eternal purpose that he graciously gives us. And Romans 14, 14 is, is clear. It says, who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Each person does not have the same gift, but we all have unique unique gifts given by God for service to God. So I believe God is pleased that each of his children have a holy ambition from God for service to him and for the good of others. So where does your holy ambition come from? We need to know the source. We need to know the foundation of which it comes from. First of all, a holy ambition is not self-focused. It's not a selfish ambition. It's not focused on advancing oneself. Rather, it's about meeting a need. It's about, it is a form of love. A holy ambition always meets someone's need. And so where does it come from? It, It comes simply from a personal relationship with the living Christ. Not so much a vivid one, but shaped and informed and activated by the Word of God. Why and how? Well, because of what Christ has done for us. He's died for us on the cross, that He took upon all of our sins, all of our selfish ambitions on the cross. He took upon all of the self-focused ways that we so ensnare ourselves in upon the cross and died for them and died for us to make us His children, make, make us and reconcile us to God. And He raised from the grave to give new life. That by faith alone, we can trust in Christ to give us a new life. And not only a new life, but that frees frees us to have that new life and to have a holy ambition for the Lord, a true and eternal purpose for living. And to use those skills and abilities that he has graciously given us and blessed us with and, and to serve him and serve others for their good and his glory. And this is the true purpose that our souls long for. So, as you immerse yourself in God's Word, 
God comes and takes some of that word and that truth and he burns it into your heart. He burns it into your heart until it becomes a holy ambition. If that hasn't happened to you yet, saturate yourself in the word of God and ask him for a holy ambition. So overall, immerse yourself in God's word every day and pray over it, meditate over it. And ask him for a holy ambition to love and serve him with your whole being for the rest of your life. And my prayer is that for all of us to have a holy ambition, depending on God's grace, to do his will in and through and beyond us in meeting the needs of others in love. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we, we thank you for your word to us. And we pray that, we pray and we seek you to not only be gripped by you, Lord, but to be controlled by a longing to serve you, O oh Lord, to, out of a love for you, Lord, out of a love for you that a holy ambition is a good and it is a beautiful thing because it is of you, God, because you are good and you are beautiful and to be revered above all things. And the world can't give us these things, Lord, that you give us, and you give us a true and eternal purpose. Even in the hard times in life, Lord, we can look to you for a true and eternal purpose for living when we don't see in our own lives or from a limited perspective of seeing what's happening in our lives. We can look to you to give us that true and eternal purpose, a holy ambition, and be gripped by it so that you would be made known to those around us and to those at the ends of the earth, Lord every nation, tribe, language, and tongue. And so we give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen.